Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 154 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt, on the digital screen in a new position, not sexually. And Danny also in a new position here, uh, but maybe sexually. No, no, <laughs> no, not one bit. To those watching the, to those not watching the live stream, we are remote for this, for this episode. My folks, my family, my wife and son have tested positive for the COVIDs. I have yet to test positive. I am quarantining myself, as you They're know. Down there. I got an office and all this other shit here. Keep me away. But so far, testing negative. Keep my fingers crossed. That would be good. But didn't want to put Danny at risk. And so, and so because of that, we are recording at home because we have the technology. We are living in the future. But uh, yeah, there we go. No big G tonight. He is doing his uh, coaching duties. He is coaching and being a badass. Actually... Actually, if you look at the Discord, he's at home. He's made supper. He's holding the baby. He's not coaching. Okay, well, that's what he's doing instead. I can't click away and be looking on stuff. Otherwise, people will not see our beautiful faces. It'll be instead seeing all the messages in our Discord. So I guess early plug, join our Discord if you want to see that shit. <laughs> but thank you all for deciding to join this week's episode. It's going to be a train wreck of an episode, but oh boy, is it going to be fun. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Not when is, say, when isn't an episode a train wreck? Uh, shit, I can't really think of one, so. Yes. Um, thank you all for joining. Beginning our episode by thanking all of y'all. And also give a big thank you to our Patreons who think, think this content that you're seeing right now is completely worth supporting monetarily. Uh, so big thank you to Wade97, Chapman, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, KCB, and still newest to the Patreon, Ernest D. Thank you to each and every one of you. You're all our badass motherfuckers for thinking that, you know, this is this is worth tossing your hard-earned money at. Um, there's benefits and stuff that you get. Of becoming a patron, you get put into monthly drawings for booster packs and commander cards that are valued between fifteen and twenty dollars. Uh, we have two tiers. So the first tiers are the three dollar tier. You get put in for the monthly dra- monthly booster pack drawings. And next month we're doing a theme as well, like what we did this last month. The theme is going to be Innistrad, so it's going to be Innistrad packs ranging throughout uh, the Innistrad history, and then the card is going to be some card in Innistrad that's valued between 15 and 20 bucks. We'll figure that out. We put the vote out to the patrons and stuff and they vote for the card and there's a secret live stream that has all the uh, has all the drawings and we just hang out for like half an hour there. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, join the Patreon. Links down in the doobly-doo below. But if you don't want to support us on Patreon, we have another way that you can support us. You can buy some playmats from us. Uh, hit us up on any of the social medias. We'll send the playmats to you. It has our banner logo. That's right up over there in the in the corner of the screen if you're watching live. And uh, 
Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Patreons, they get the unedited version of the podcast as well, if you guys know. But anyways, back to the playmats. You can order the playmats. They're about 20 bucks a piece. We'll send them anywhere. Texas, Germany, California. We've done it all. So hit us up. We'll work with you. We'll get these playmats in your hand. And uh, if you don't want to hit us up on social media and you're in the FM area and want to still pick up a playmat, I forgot to ask Josh. I think, don't know if they're still there or not, but they might be out. But if not, still check out our amazing sponsor, JW Sports Cards and Gaming, located in the West Acres Mall in Fargo. Speaking of them, let's hear an ad from them now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now we're going to move to the breakdown where I'm going to lay out how this episode's going to go for all y'all. Starting off, we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk. We're going to talk about Assault Report. We don't have any event results without Big G here, the commander-in-chief of the Boggle Desk. We get lost. I tangent a lot when we talk about decks and stuff. And so, but we got Assault Report. Danny talking about some arena that he's been playing. Or maybe we'll talk about the uh, the commander game that we played with Chris and uh, Barra in the discord well, i think we'll just talk about that all right so we'll go there we got a couple Cause uh, oh mainly because i'm not salty about my game this is funny to watch that happen but anyways go on then we're going to move to the upcoming events where we're going to talk about nrg minneapolis and dream hack happening in fargo here from there danny's going to give us a blog a tog if you got a blog a tog no blog talk. So we're going to jump right into the news with some moto updates, spell slinger updates, and uh, new members to the RC, and then a injunction. Uh, was a legal injunction with Wizards of the Coast, which is going to be interesting. And then we're going to end that the news section with talking about some of the Warhammer previews that happened today. From there, going to move to the conjured currency section where we talk about all that magic finance price. From uh, that, we're going to move to a thoughtcast. If we got time for that, and then from there, y'all can go home and be done with our shit. So, Danny. Yeah, bad. We're over at the Boggle Desk. We're gonna talk about. Are we, are we gonna talk about the? Uh, I don't know if it's a salt or sugar report, uh, but it, it, it was our gameplay interaction that we did with with Barra and Chris over on the This Week in MTG Discord. Played some spell table. That we did. You were playing that some. We did. You were playing some Sisse. I was playing yep. uh, Jared Cartholian, True Air. No. Yes? I was playing my Hugs. Yes, I was. Hugs? Yeah, I was playing. Were you playing Hugs both games? Uh, I played Hugs the second game. Yep, which was with Barra. Yeah, and the first game, I played my Azuri deck. That's what that was. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't play Hugs the first game. Nope. But second game, I played Hugs. And yeah, you were playing Sissé second game. No. 
I played uh, a Rabo. You did not, not play. Rabo, but uh, um, Aldrami. Oh shit! You did play Aldrami because you were fucking. I played my, I played my elves. You're going fucking balls to the walls there. Look at us gonna yep. gonna talk on a, a fucking salt sugar report. Can't remember. Can't even remember the game that we were fucking playing. But I uh, did. Took took you a hot minute. You're saying that you're playing a Rabo. Well, I I. I I say the wrong word every once in a while. Arabo, Eladramri, sure, I'll, I'll I'll give that to you. They're both green. One just has white. So you were playing your Eladramri. Chris was playing his Corvold K- Faker's King, and Bera. Why do I always forget Bera? He, there's Tatiova. Like Omnath. Omnath. That's right. I was gonna say I know there's Tatiova in there. But yeah, he was playing four color Omnath. Yep, and I was playing my Jerry Carthalian uh, hug deck, and mm-hmm. boy, did it look bad for us in the beginning because Danny just started dropping down all these elves, and we learned something. Eladomri does not count himself for the uh, the force walk in the shroud. We've done this before, and I could have swore I could, but I don't play him very enough to remember because it's like, oh hey, he's a good deck and just don't play him as often oh yeah it stomps elves that stomp but yeah we, we looked it up and the official ruling is eladomri who gives uh, other elves uh forest walk and shroud so fun fact for yeah. y'all today on on that danny was playing that uh corvold with chris doing his typical corvold stuff there dropping creatures sacking creatures dealing damage but the thing that I enjoyed, the best play that I probably made is I cast a New Frontiers for six mana. And New Frontiers is Green X from, I don't know, Odyssey Onslaught or something like that. That uh, each player searches may, uh, may search the library up to six basic land cards, put them on the battlefield tapped. And I cast that on the stack. I cast Reverberate. So everybody searched for 12 basic lands and Danny was the first one to benefit from all those lands that turn because he was uh, first and I was fourth and he crater hoofed. No, did you crater hoof before or did you crater hoof after? Um, I don't remember. Because actually I think that was after I crater hoofed. I want to say. All right. It was after you crater hoofed. That was so long ago. I don't remember. I lost it. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. In the end, uh... oh shit, was it Barra? Was it Chris that won? I know I didn't win. Is Barra? Yep. Because yeah. he milled both you and him out. There we go. Barra won. It was a fun game. We play EDH. We're bad at describing things right now. I don't know what's up with that. Yes. But uh, uh, join our. Oh yeah, Barra milled basically everyone out. Well, we milled and dealt damage. That's what it was. Yeah, and I was just giving hugs all around. People were drawing extra cards, and I had uh, Temple Bell gave everybody so many lands. And with with Barra playing Omnath, he got um, he got the Omnath triggers there and was draining pretty uh, pretty aggressively. Yep. That was that was definitely a gross one. I'm trying to think, do I have another Souls or Sugar report? I've been playing a lot more Arena recently too. 
I got uh, a mono black devotion deck that I have gotten. So I, I haven't played arena in a long ass time. And so I was like bronze four or whatever the lowest is. I got up to silver three uh, with this deck, just grinding away at that. And that has been, that has been pretty fun. It is a uh, fiend artisan, which is a birthing pod on a stick creature on a stick. And it's uh, put tutor specifically to your colors and gray merchant of Asphodel, uh, massacre worm, all that shit. It's been doing me good. I've been, uh, I remember one time I did, I did clap somebody at the end because there's bolus of Citadel in there too. Oh my God. I almost forgot that. So paying life, casting stuff from the top of my library and I hit a, I hit a gray merchant of Asphodel and get, get my life back up to like 15 or 18 and keep doing it again until I can gray merchant the second time. So shit was beautiful. That, that deck is awesome. But, uh, there's our, our event results, I guess, our, Limited, our, our limited yeah so let's let's talk about some upcoming events here so Sounds good next week we have not like this this upcoming saturday but the following saturday down in the cities september 24th through the 25th in minneapolis nerd rage gaming series will be holding their 10k trial for modern and pioneer the pioneer will be a 5k you can pre-register for either of these events over on the mtg melee pr- page price is 60 dollars plus fees for both events and uh both events are going to be capped at 300 players as of now. Currently, all the people on MTG Melee that have registered is there's 30 people pre-registered online right now. So yeah, all the information for like booking hotel rooms and there's like special vendors, guests or uh, special guests information all there. Links in the description for anybody who's interested on in that. But we're going to talk about the next one that's a little closer to home, the DreamHack RCQ. Uh, regional at Paradox Cars and Gaming here in Fargo. So this Saturday, the 17th. 17th. Yep, the 17th at 11 a.m. is when registration begins for this standard regional RCQ. Uh, round one begins at 12.15. Entry fee is $29.99. First place gets qualified for regionals in Atlanta this November. One foil Nyxthos Shrine of Nyx promo. Top eight get a Nyxthos Shrine to Nyx promo non-foil. All participants get the Lava Spike. There are additional prizes, six standard set booster packs, and X number for X number of participants. All participants will get two standard set booster packs. All remaining set booster packs distributed to top cut players weighted based on final finish. Please note, deck lists are required for the event. Please arrive with a deck list completed or early enough to complete your deck list prior to the event. We will not hold the start time or we will not hold the start time of the event for any player who does not have a completed list. Uh, there's more information for this and stuff at dreamhack.com slash magic. So uh, I don't think I'm going to be participating in this because I enjoy standard. Don't get me wrong. I am not ready for this level of a, of a standard event. Or maybe. Well, you're not, you're not going to spend $400 on a standard deck. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. This is a paper event. That is always a big deal. But I, I imagine that uh, Discord and Patreon member Wade is totally going to be there. Maybe Noah will be there, too. But yeah, you got that going on. Links down below. Oh, when it comes to registering your deck list, make sure to write everything in properly when writing your, your deck list to submit. But those are our upcoming events there. 
And since Danny does not have a blogatog for us, he's going to nope. kick off the news. I wasn't kick the news off either way. Yeah, you Don't were. Don't lie to them. <laughs> yeah, you were. Okay. So uh, let's begin this week's news section with some Moto updates from last week. So you know Moto has a best of one option, apparently. Um, well, only until this Thursday, the 15th, you can jump in the Dominar United draft queues and play until you have seven wins or three losses for prizes, ranging from play points, boosters, and qualifier points. So that's the thing. Um, there's also been an update to Treasure Chess in Moto. Uh, from the Mothership article, we have heard your feedback regarding card availability, particularly for cards that are only available at our via Treasure Chest. To help improve card availability for cards not found in boosters, a new co- a new category within the Treasure Chest has been created. TC only. Uh, what this means is Kapog, Kenner, Kenner should move down in price for Legacy. There were, there, uh, there were also some updates made to bugged cards. So Mocus God get on Grandin or Grandy will currently um, will currently allow goblins to find it. It finds to enter the battlefield untapped. Uh, Ruxa Patient Professor will correctly limit its bonuses to creatures you control with no abilities. Winds of Abandon will continue are correctly allow opponents to search the library. Um, full article will be in the links below, so you may read them yourself. With the uh, with the treasure chest thing, that was a, that was a big deal. The Kappa Cannoneer, which was only available in the commander decks for Kamigawa, were, were hard to get online, and you can only get them in treasure chests and stuff. And because of their pull rate and stuff, it was really hard to get them. So they fiddled with that to make sure, like these commander only cards have a higher uh, chance to get pulled because I, we mentioned on the podcast, it was like 50 ticks or whatever when it just came out because it was in this legacy uh, uh, legacy affinity deck that reduced the cost of artifacts. You play artifacts, make a big cap of cannon here because whenever you cast an artifact, it gets a plus one, plus one, it can't be blocked. So <laughs> you just play all these zero drop artifacts, make a big, big, and then just smack face with that. And the thing has ward four. Then it gets reduced. Its price get or its cost gets reduced by uh, affinity and stuff. So because of cards like that, they are working on the treasure chest. So for any Moto listeners, be be on the lookout for the treasure chests uh, updates that happened last week. Also, I think it was mentioned that the next downtime for Moto is October eighteenth. Nice, nice. But speaking of updates, spell slingers. Which is Magic's newest phone app that is a Hearthstone competitor, got its first round of updates after coming out of its closed beta. First up in the announcement is the introduction of a new Planeswalker and cards from Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Drizzit is the first plane is the Planeswalker, and it is a white green walker with twenty six health and the ability and with the ability Gwenev Gwenev Gwenevar's the cat aid <laughs> after you attack with one or more legendary creatures summon an attacking Gwenevar and Gwenevar is a zero two trample creature with when it attacks it gets plus one plus oh permanently and it doesn't trigger tra- traps uh, so it summons that attacking and, and for its first ability and then whenever Gwenevar deals damage or dies she retreats to her figurine 
I'm not 100% sure what that means, but it retreats to its figurine. And the next ability that it has is a Companions of the Hall. Your deck can have a total of six legendary creatures of any color. And typically you can only have one. Two? If I remember. I, I don't have any legendary creatures in Spellslinger. I'll, I'll, I'll say that now. I play Spellslinger. It's a fun game. I've been getting slapped around a lot, but we're going to keep reading this before I tangent off here. Yeah, please don't. Uh, there are signature cards that accompany Drizzit that fit into his playstyle and deck. But along with Drizzit and his signature cards, there's a set release of five class cards. These class cards are very interesting because uh, you get to choose to have one in your deck and start the match with being at level one of the class card. And then it's going to get shuffled into the top three cards of your library and when you cast it for the first time you'll go to level two gain its abilities and then it gets shuffled into the top three and then you can do it again when you draw it and stuff but you got to pay for it there's 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 a cost and stuff there i have not used it yet so i cannot report back how good it is but the cards for it are uh, the you got oath of the paladin school of the wizard pact of the warlock path of the barbarian and circle of the druid are your uh, your classes that you can choose from there. So next, there are two current Planeswalkers that got changed, and then a handful of cards as well that got uh, adjusted. So first Where off... Was standing at the door? First off, you got Liliana Planeswalker. Her health has been reduced by one because of how strong her deck composition is against Chandra decks. And to those that don't know, uh, when you first start Spell Slingers, you get a Chandra deck, and as Chandra decks do, they burn. And Liliana's deck gains enough life. <laughs> when creatures die, they come back, she gains life, and they get stronger. And it just kind of puts it out of reach of those Chandra decks. And so to make it easier on new people joining into the game, they reduced her health by one, and one of her signature spells, which is Liliana's Goliath, got its toughness reduced by one point to help those decks be able to combat it uh, on both half of the cards. So when it, uh, when it dies, it has Relentless, and it comes back to the battlefield with... Uh, and then Liliana reads, whenever a creature comes, leaves the graveyard, it gets a plus one, plus one, and you gain a lot. So it becomes a big, big. And then when you cast it, its power gets doubled, uh, but not the, not its toughness. So it was a three toughness before. Now it's demoted to a two toughness. So it's more, uh, it's, it's easier for those Chandra decks to be able to handle. Ral Zarek is the next Planeswalker. That is getting some adjustments here. He's a planeswalker that's acquired at higher levels and sees play in the higher ladders, but it was really it was really dominant and needed to be nerfed a bit. His signature spell, Chaos Lightning, which reads well now read it did it did read deal one damage at random among enemies for each spell you've played this game, max of ten. So ten damage. Before it costed three mana, now they upped it to five mana. Uh, the quote from the article here is increasing the cost of the chaos lightning is aimed at reducing how effectively ral can execute their game plan this should create more situations where ral has to decide between progressing the plan or disrupting their opponent rather than both simultaneously increasing the price who'd have thought that, that would be a big thing uh, they had a couple cards here as well that they changed uh, breaching serpent it is 11 mana for before it was 11 mana for a 7-7, seven, seven, but then it got jumped up to a 13 mana for a 6-6. Six, six. The cost and creaching of Breaching Serpent is along the same lines of Chaos Lightning Strike. We want to push back the turn the Serpent shows up 
on the cheap and make it less powerful and more fragile. I have not played against that card, but boy, it has sneak and then it costs one less to cast for each spell and trap you've played this game. So I can imagine that gets cheap pretty quickly at 11. So uh, next up, Aether Figment got a decrease from a 3-3 to a 3-2. And this is to keep pace on the board of cards for those Ral decks. Uh, Liliana had a card as well. Dark Gladiator. It's got it has a ETB of when it enters. It gives a it, it did give a creature neg two neg two, but it got changed to give a creature neg one neg one, and its power was increased by one to help them. There are a couple bug fixes as well. Full article down below, and yeah, there we go. So next on the list, uh, we'd like to welcome the new RC members to the Commander Rules Committee. Uh, we have Olivia Goldberg-Hicks and Jim Lapage. Lapage? Lapage. Because this is kind of a big deal. This is uh, getting two more people on the Rules Committee. This ain't the keg. This ain't the uh, Commander Advisory Group. This is the actual Rules Committee. So, again, like I said, please... Uh, please join us in welcoming Olivia Goldberg-Hicks and John LePage to the Rules Committee. Um, after multiple rounds of interviews with some fantastic candidates, Olivia and Jim demonstrated a deep understanding of the commander philosophy. The right, out, um, the right outlook for successfully managing the format and a bunch of great ideas we're looking forward to exploring further. We're excited to have them on board and helping to shape the future of Commander. Olivia was on the leading edge of webcam streaming of Commander nearly a year before the pandemic and well before it caught on across the community, providing a positive blueprint for the practice. This is just one example of a kind of foresight and insight into the format that she brings to bear. Uh, infused with the spirit of the format, her passion and power make her a significant representative for Commander to the groups that she will interface with as an RC member. Um, from the wider community design teams in Studio X, she's a leader in the truest sense. Moving on to Jim. Jim possesses one of the keenest minds in magic. Ability to understand, dissect, and articulate difficult ideas, thoughts, and processes is unparalleled. Uh, un uniquely qualifying him as one of the format's primary art. Uh, his work demonstrates a belief in the power of Commander as a social format and force for positive change he is equally at home interacting and community communicating with diverse groups offering the opportunity to, to sell input from across the broad commander player base he is the type of thinker who will help chart a smooth course for steering commander into the future yeah yeah i think that's a, a big thing here having two more people to the rc to expand the the upper echelons the higher part of it what right what do you think of something like that, Danny? So it's like four, right? Well, now it's six, but it was four before. Now you got six. It's always better to have a bigger community. MIDI, when it comes to this, just more ideas rather than you want more controlling than less. I wonder if that means that they're going to be uh, filling Olivia's position in the keg with a, a, or maybe that was because of taking on a rebel Geez, why am I drawing a blank? The other two that we talked about the other week. There are three people brought into the keg last week or the, a week or two ago. And now 
Olivia Gabbard takes his. So it probably levels out in the end, but I think it's a big deal yeah. having two more people in the RC. Yep. Depending on how much you want to look into this, it could mean multiple different things. Wizards, or the rules committee is looking to get bigger and interact with Commander more here, potentially. I don't know. Next up, we got that injunction that I was mentioning earlier. This one is interesting. Danny, you're the one that posted this article, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was looking at my phone this time, like, looking through, like, uh, Samsung News. Not how wizards. It's like, you know what? I am copying this in because I'll look through it later and then we can go from there. Yeah, it seems pretty interesting. So Dungeons and Dragons publisher Wizards of the Coast files a preliminary injunction against TSR LLC in a bid to prevent the release of its upcoming game. Wizards of the Coast motion. Uh, this is an article that comes from CBR.com here. And... Uh, Wizards of the Coast motion for a preliminary injunction noted for consideration on September 30th, 2022, was filed in the United States District Court of Seattle, Washington. Wow, this sounds very official. The motion was shared on September 9th by Twitter user Dave Floor, along with No Hate in Gaming, both of which posted excerpts from the preliminary injunction laying out the specific issues which Wizards of the Coast has cited against TSR, as well as attempts as well as attempts to actively conceal information by the latter. The suit counter the suit comes counter to an earlier one filed against Wizards of the Coast by TSR, which was voluntarily dismissed in December of 2021. TSR Inc. was originally founded as Tactical Studies Rules. Yeah, Tactical Studies Rules in October 1st, 1973 by Gary oh, Gragix and Don K. K, who are later joined by Brian Bloom as a publisher for <laughs> so many names, Dave Arneson and Gygex's original tabletop role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, okay. TSR was the publisher of Dungeons & Dragons from its inception until the company was purchased by Wizards of the Coast in 1997 when it was on the brink of insolvency. Wizards of the Coast, who had dropped the TSR label from the game in 2000, allowed for the trademark to expire in the early 2000s. Since then, two companies have utilized the TSR trademark, most recently that run by Ernie Gygix. Justin Lanassa and Steven Deinhart. Man, I'm so bad at names. I'm so sorry if you all are listening. The version of the company that followed was owned by Jason Elliott, co-founder of the Roll for Initiative podcast, who acquired the trademark in 2011. Elliott's ownership of the trademark lapsed in 2020, and he eventually terminated his relationship with the new TSR after Ernie Gaiek's troubling comment about race, gender identity, and gun violence, as we, as well as his company's reaction. Lanassa and Die Hart's previous attempts to reboot the classic Star Frontiers franchise were complicated by Wizards of the Coast still owning all properties formerly owned by TSR, despite no longer owning the trademark to the company itself. The result in TSR launching a successful crowdfunding campaign to finance the original suit against Wizards of the Coast. After the first suit was dismissed, Wizards of the Coast announced it would fi file a countersuit while... 
Lanasa promised to refile the original. Apart from the copyright issues, Wizards of the Coast's suit against TSR points out disparaging racial and ethnic stereotypes outlined by internal Star Frontier New Genesis documents for which it has moved to enjoin move to enjoin publication to further distribution of on the grounds that wizards of the coast would be irreparably harmed because consumers may mistakenly associate wizards with the rehensible content of the game damaging the reputation and goodwill and undermining its efforts to foster a culture that embraces diversity around its games the beta manuscript for star frontiers new genesis included a notice by TSR that this is not to be given, released, and handed to anyone associated with Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro, which implies TSR has had some understanding of the potential legal fallout caused by publication of the game. Neither TSR nor Wizards of the Coast Hasbro have made an official statement regarding the latest suit at this time. The more you know. Holy shit. We need... We need... We need Noah on for these <laughs> this bit of legal information because, oh boy, I am a dummy when it comes to this. But, I don't know, TSR is looking to make a game and Wizards is like, nah, man, you got some shit behind you and we don't want to be associated with that. Or we don't want people to be confused thinking that we're part of that because of TSR being the original people to have uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. There was. Yeah, so was go ahead. Did you know that there was a arcade cabinet for Dungeons and Dragons back in the day? No. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I went down to Mad with Power Fest. There is this. There's this uh, arcade uh, bar there, and one of the cabinets that they had was in uh, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, arcade game, and I do remember now that it did say by TSR or, or, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this is before it was bought by Wizards. I just did not remember, didn't know who was the one that bought it, bef- who had it before Wizards. I did not play it because I'm like, I want to play pinball instead. I enjoy pinball a heck of a lot more. I mean, th- don't get me wrong. Arcade cabinets are fucking awesome. Playing myself some like Dig Dug and Galaga and Pac-Man, fucking sick, but pinball. The randomness, the awesomeness, always good. Ultimate goal in my life, to get a pinball machine in my house. Looking on on sale online, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a four-person game that you'd play. Yeah, it was, it was like one of those cabinets that are like flat, and there's like controllers on all sides of it. Yep. I think, I think Pac-Man had a cabinet like that as well, if I'm not mistaken, where if not four players, like two players, one on each side, where you would take turns, maybe, potentially. I'm not, don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Madden or... There we uh, go. That's what it was. Or NBA games from back then. Have you been to Pixel downtown? Yes, I've been there. We've been there before. Do we go there on a drunken frenzy one time? We went through like one of the opening nights. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then they had, uh, yeah, they got. That's where they had their Madden cat, their Madden arcade game. But they had a bunch of other stuff there as well. Queen Bee, 
Is there a big game? There we go. That's what it's called. Queen Bee. New, new aged arcade cabinet, and it's free to play the whole time. And then they have like leagues and stuff there. This ain't a this ain't an ad for Pixel, but Pixel, if you're listening, monstrous, great. But anyway, moving along with the news today uh, or yesterday, if you're listening to this recording, Wizards, uh, I guess, reviewed their Warhammer. Or forty thousand, or forty k, whatever, which way you say it, uh, commander decks. So I know. Were you were you watching this, man? I, I I was listening to it. I was at work. Suppose you you suppose you were driving. Yeah, but I was listening. I um, I did see some of the pictures of the like the artwork, not of all the cards mm-hmm. and stuff, but after after the fact when I was stopping. But I just listened. Yeah. So, yeah, we have, um, I guess I was watching a little bit at work before I, uh, I left. I guess what I saw was the, the soul rings that were spoiled for each commander, which all sweet because they're all different arts. Um, the new foiling process that they have. Surge foils. Those things are sick. I don't know. I, um, so I didn't, I didn't see that. So can 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 you describe it? Maybe I'll pull up a video. So, here. so the surge foil. So you, your typical foil, you may have like everything's foiled. With the surge foil, I guess the easiest way to explain it would be more of like a pair um, graphic. Like yeah, I guess this is going back to playing Need for Speed all the time. But you could have like tear graphics on your car. Looks like your sheet metal is being teared, torn apart. A gun beak is being shown, or something's coming out of the rip. Okay. It's like that, where the entire thing isn't foiled, but then part of it is. I don't know. You'll just have to see. Watch the video that we're probably going to post in the description. So I just kind of I, I pulled it up real quick, and I was like just kind of scrubbing over it to to see what the foil looked like. I was able to find it. Honestly, it just kind of looks like an etched foil from what what they're showing in this video. I, we, we, we know for sure that magic cards definitely look different recorded as compared to in your hand. So maybe it's just one of those things. But it definitely looks more like an etched foil at what, what they're showing in the video here. Yeah, well, you, you, can, you can see if, if you watch the video on Magic's website, magic.wizards.com. You can clearly see when 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 uh, Blake Rappinson was showing it, and he was just rotating a little bit. You can see that the entire card is "quote unquote" foiled, but only like fifty percent of it, it seemed like, or a little bit, a little bit more than fifty percent, was actually like right foiled. If that makes any sense. Oh, oh shit! So I'm looking at the video here. It does say it's an etched foil. Hold on, I gotta find this yeah. because you said Blake, and I'm like, oh, that's right. There's probably a, a daily MTG thing yeah. happening after that. I did not watch that one at all, so I'll have to find that video. Mm. But yeah, it was uh, Blake, uh, tall guy with glasses, like no hair, Ethan Fletcher. But yeah, for the next couple of days, starting tomorrow. Today you have some you have live previews, but then tomorrow you'll have the spoilers that you'll find on any of your 
spoil sites. Um, either if it's Scryfall, Mythic Spoiler, who else does it? Or shows the spoils? Goldfish. Goldfish, there you go. Um, we'll have a few tomorrow. Um, I guess the noticeable ones we'll have from M- at MTGJP, TG Budsane, Official Magic Discord, Polygon, um, tables, Tabletop Tanics, or Tactics, and Titans. Then on the 14th, we'll have from IGN, MWG Studios, Pigtails Power. And then on Thursday, big names. All bases same. Um, no geek culture game nights, which will be a full deck from game nights. Then on Friday, we go to Pleasant Kenobi for a full deck reveal. PC gamers, Pintano miniatures. So a lot of the Warhammer communities are also having some of these spoilers. So oh yeah, the way the way that they're like in- integrating Warhammer and stuff like. Game Workshop, yep. the creator of, or the the company well, that produces Warhammer and stuff. There, that was one of the their main things in the videos or the previews today was they included them in every step of the way. They because they, they didn't want to screw any of this up. No, definitely so. not. Uh, l- listening to their one video that they had, they really wanted to make sure that they incorporated the. Uh, Warhammer universe as well and have it represented as best that they could in magic uh, in, in, in the magic card format and stuff because you're getting this tabletop RPG jamming, jamming it into a commander deck and uh, they, they want to make sure that they do it right. Apparently there's going to be a lot of uh, flavor text and arts from the books and stuff of Warhammer from what I, from what I heard and was listening to. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting commander or commander series. It is. I'm definitely excited for this. Um, I, I, I so I just want you to know I did pull up the video for the surged foil and I'm looking at it right now. And yes, it does look like that uh, effect from Need for Speed. I'm just curious. Like, I mean, vi- video again. Video de- definitely does not do justice to a card of this kind of like magnitude. Uh, compared to being in person uh, with oh, the for sure. double with the double masters textured foils like looking at those in person I've only seen them in person once uh, the day of someone else opened a textured Ulama caught their uh, Emercool opened up a textured Emercool and stuff so yeah no it looks cool I think it's a nice foiling process and if I'm not mistaken uh, this is just going off my memory from the article and not what they were talking about in the video and stuff for the surged foils. But I think the surged foils are only coming in the collector variant of the commander decks for these. And uh, the collector decks still as of right now on Amazon are pre-selling for $649. All four decks, that is. All four decks. Yeah, it's actually not a bad price. If you think about it, if it's coming with four decks, yeah, four decks, surge foil, limited. There's not a limited print on them, but I don't know. Like ooh, ooh, four decks, six hundred fifty bucks. Well, let's see. Uh, Danny, you're good at math. What's six forty or six fifty divided by four? Just under one hundred forty dollars. 
Okay, under one hundred forty dollars. Or one hundred and sixty dollars. Okay, around one hundred sixty dollars. I guess maybe you could convince like, so if like uh, you, Big G, myself, and insert one other person, like one hundred sixty dollars on like a collector deck. I don't know. I guess maybe so, split it up that so way. So to think about it, Matt, what's your cheapest deck? My cheapest deck? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, my cheapest deck is like $600 itself. Exactly. Though, though exactly. I did not pay $600 for that deck necessarily because, you know, you open the cards up in packs and then you, and then you trade them and stuff. It's definitely a sticker shock thing. I definitely think it's a sticker shock thing still. It is. But I'm just saying it's in comparison of what we have for the value, you're getting four decks for 600 bucks. It's true. And I can imagine that some of these cards are going to command a very hefty price. Do you want to you want to talk about some of the uh, the commanders? I don't think we talked about the commander specifically. We did not. When they were previewed the first time. Oh, we have... Um, Bularco, or Blocker, the Dark Master. He is going to be three colors, blue, black, red, uh, dragon, uh, demon noble, 6-5, flying. He has two, I guess you could say, endless abilities. We have Prince of Chaos ability. Uh, so when that, when he enters the battlefield, you may draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the number of demons you control. Demon? It's a pretty fair trade-off, I think, for that ability. Demon travel, baby. Here we go. And then his other ability is Lord of Torment. Whenever another demon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to his power to any target. So it's a Warstorm so, Surge for demons. Or Terra Peaks. Yeah. But Terra Peaks is the one dealing damage demon does. Yeah, so if like so it ETPs, if you manage to like give it infect, it deals infect damage. Because I'm a I'm a degenerate player like that. I'm just I'm just thinking so with this, are we gonna have demon token creatures? Oh yeah, there's and are we going to just have some sort of broken ability of getting infinite tokens? Well those tokens enter, they deal damage. Well, this is, it's not in the token making colors. You don't got green or white in here. So well, that's what I'm saying. If, if there's, well, black makes tokens. It does make tokens, but it doesn't do a good job of like going infinite as compared with parallel lives, uh, anointed well, it, procession. It, it doesn't have to go infinite. It's just large amounts and just hitting them for a large amount of damage at a time. Profane? No, profane command doesn't, uh, there's an entwine card, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, draws you cards and then makes you like a, a five-five demon and stuff uh, from Zendikar, original Zendikar and stuff. So maybe more cards like that. We have the new, the new card, the, the, the demon tiefling lord that came out in Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. It's yep. like the the prince in it. It's like a lord to demons, so that could definitely go into this deck. But here's a card I'm excited for. The commander for the mono black one. So I just want to preface this by saying I am not a Warhammer player, and I apologize for sucking at saying these names, but Czark, uh, the Silent King. 
black, 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 one for a 3-4 legendary artifact creature Necron flying and has my will be done. Whenever Sazarek, Sazarek, the Silent King attacks, mill three cards, you may put an artifact creature card or vehicle card from among them, from the cards milled this way into your hand. I don't know, actually. I don't think that's that good. I mean, it's good. It mills three and then you can get a card, so... But uh, in, in mono black kind of decks, like this could go well in like a Geth deck, Geth of the Vault that came out in Scars of Mirrodin. Like those, those do go pretty well together. Black artifacts. I think the other black commander is a better commander. Is there another black commander? Uh, I got to pull this up now. Yeah. Look at this. Well, I have, I have Mythic spoiler pulled up. Yeah, Mythic. Okay. I'm going to go to that um, real quick. I was just going off of my phone. Yeah. So was Imonkin or... Emote. Uh, it's E M R I M O T K H, the Stormlord. Uh, it's Black Pack 2 um, with Peron. Whenever one or more artifact cards leave your graveyard, create two 2 2 black Macron Warrior artifact creature tokens. And then it has Grand Strategist, the beginning of your combat on your turn. Another target artifact creature you control gets plus 2 plus 2 and gains menace until end of the turn. That's pretty nice. Mind you, he's also an artifact creature, and so is the other black men. So from what I understand of uh, Warhammer lore, Necrons are like Phyrexians in the Warhammer universe. Yep. But I did see this card, and this card caught my interest very much. The Noise Marine. Because <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a marine in purple armor that's holding a fucking big-ass electric guitar. It is four and a red for a 3-2... Astartus Warrior and has Cascade, and then it has an ability called Sonic Boot Blaster. Sonic Blaster. When it ETBs, it deals damage equal to the number of spells you've cast this turn to any target. That thing is really cool in Storm style decks. Like if you're doing a lot of shit on your turn, it doesn't have Flash, but that's fine. But just alone in itself, it's like you cast this. You got uh, two spells on the stack, so it like shocks something at at worst case scenario. Five mana shocks something. You get a three two. But if you uh, if you cast a lot of spells, like red has rituals, man. I don't think you're gonna be, uh, you know, too too upset about something like that from from the noise marine. And just the fact it's a fucking marine with an electric guitar, man. Fucking Chris, you looking at this? Accidental chaos. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Hold on, hold on. Can I pull this shit up? Are you trying to pull up? I am looking to pull up this. There we go. So that way people on stream, boom, can see this. Look at this card. <laughs> Look at this card. The Noise Marine. Whoa. Back up. There we go. This guy right here. Noise Marine. That's a fucking electric guitar. It's so cool. Yep. The, uh, the teamer commander that's leading the teamer deck is uh, the Swarm Lord for red, blue, green, three. You get a 5-5 five, five Tyranid. Legendary creature. It has rapid regeneration. The Swarm Lord enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. So it it's a six mana seven seven. Okay. It's not bad. And then it has Xenus Cunning. Whenever a creature you control with a counter on it dies, draw a card. What? Okay, that's not that bad. It's any kind of counter, not just a plus one counter. Yeah, it seems pretty good. It does it does and, th and then you've 
put uh, Ozolith artifact in that deck. Yeah, Ozolith. Speaking of plus one counters, Hardened Scales was shown to be uh, reprinted in here. Abundance had a, a reprint. Yep. Also. Um, from my understanding of like the art cards that were shown in the first stream, they were in the name of like the art depicted of the cards. There's the name of what card it was going to be. Uh, Gilded Lotus is getting a reprint. Oh, jeez, what's the other ones? There's there's a couple others that I'll have to remember, but. So we get the first saga. It is red, blue, black, two called the first Tyronic War. Uh, so chapter one is you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. If it's mana cost contains X, it enters the battlefield with a, no- with a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the number of lands you control. And then chapters two and three are the same ability of double the number of each kind of counter on target creature you control. Next up, we have Old One-Eye, which is green five for a legendary creature, Triad, um, Triad, with count on Trample. Other creatures you control have Trample. When Old One-Eye enters the battlefield, created five five green Triad creature token, and it has fast healing at the beginning of your Pre-combat main phase, you may discard two cards. If you do, return old one-eye from your graveyard to your hand. He's a 6-6. He's going to be a beast. Um, Next up, for another mono-green color uh, card, we have Broadlord. It is green 3x. Future Triad um, with the ability of Ravenous. Ravenous is this creature enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. If X is five or more, draw a card when it enters. That's not that hard. Um, no. Um, then has ability of broad uh, telepathy. Uh, when broad board enters the battlefield, distribu- distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of other target creatures you control. Yeah, so, he's going to be good too. Yeah, because just making that like a, I don't know, like it, it sinks into itself, makes itself bigger. And makes the rest of your board bigger too, and you can like distribute. I don't know. That seems really fucking good. I think the teamer deck is position looking like the the best the best one already. So next up, we go to Death Leaper Terror Weapon. Uh, we he is a green red two triad or uh, tyrannid 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 tyrannid. Again, we're tyrannid. not war- we're not Warhammer players, guys. We're no, really we are sorry. not. We're, we're magic players. We are not, are not. to that so anyways, level of miniatures in love. Though, he this is interesting. a legendary creature with flash haste with the ability of flesh hooks. Creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn have double strike. That's pretty good. Okay, so he gives himself double strike. Pretty cool. Only for the creatures with haste. And then I guess we're going to more of the actual commanders or leaders. Um, first up, we have Marnus Ulger, which is the black, blue, white two. He is the Estri's Warriors commander. He has double strike with two abilities. First up, we have Master Technician. Whenever one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. What? Yup. Dude, listeners, it says tokens. 
doesn't say what kind of tokens. It was fucking treasure tokens from goddamn uh, Smothering Tithe. Fucking triggered yep. this shit. So if you got this motherfucker out and a Smothering Tithe and your opponents are drawing a bunch of cards, you're making mana and drawing more fucking cards. God. Yep. Okay, okay. So his, his second ability is Chapter Master. So it's fixed mana. Create two, two, two white Astro Warrior creature tokens with Vigilance. So tap six, create two tokens, and draw a card. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, accidental Chaos. The Chaos Demon is in the Commander deck. Wait, are you talking about B Lorcor, B Lacor, the Dark Master, or are you talking about the? We've- Abanadon the Despoiler. And hello, Bera. How's it going? You talking to me or him? Oh, excellent chaos. Yeah. Um, he, he was asking about the, the chaos email. I just want to make sure that we're... The, the I'm pretty sure one. he was talking about Balakar. Balakar. Balakor. Yep. Yes. Right. Yeah, the, the demon is not uh, the face commander. It is Abanadon, as uh, Chris says in the Discord there. Listen. Yeah, dude, Kidding. Marinus Caligar, this guy is going to be a fucking thing. The Dark Master. Where's the Dark Master? Do, do, do. No, that's the one he was talking about. The Demon Noble that I talked about. Oh, it is the Dark Master. Doi. <laughs> yep, yep. He's in the Ab- Abaddon commander deck. Yep. Why do they only show these handful of cards here? I don't know. That's what Mythic has. Well, let's see what Goldfish has. I actually would use Scryfall. Scryfall doesn't have anything either. Really? Yeah, bud. Let's see. This was today. From... Here we go. Yeah, from Goldfish. Looks like almost the same cards. But it shows Abundance having a reprint. It shows Hardened Scales having a reprint. Mm-hmm. Whenever... Uh, Page fully loads. Gone. There we go. And that's in the three segments. So only three. The. Grixis one is missing one. The mono black is missing one. Oh, the mono black one was? Okay. Yeah, mono black is not getting one because it's mono color. Fair. Um, So they're not getting a signet or a deck themed command tower. Yeah. And these. Uh, signets and command towers look pretty good art wise and stuff. Yep, yep. They're all base. The art's all based on what army they're from or what lane they're from. Yeah, dude, this stuff seems pretty intense. the 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 fact that they work so hard to incorporate like the do do as much to pack the lore of Warhammer into Magic cards and do the art. Uh, and and pull art from like big famous artists. Apparently, there's some crossover between Warhammer artists and Magic artists. I can't remember who Ethan Fleischer was talking about, but there's one. Uh, the card for it hasn't been shown yet, so I can't reference it. But definitely watch the video that we're linking down below to to see the card that he was talking about there. But yeah, yeah. So these cards are cool. I'm actually like seeing what what's out so far. I am very intrigued about getting these decks. But that six hundred dollars doesn't bother anymore. Well, okay, so not the <laughs> not the collector no, version no. of it, not the collector version, but the uh, 
the, the, the normal version, which, yep. let's see, where do I pull that price up for? Boom, boom, boom. These tabs, but yeah, 650, and then it was like 200 or something for the let's see, Warhammer Commander decks. According to this, Amazon has the non collector versions for $217 for all ship pre ordering. TCG has the decks price already, so you can buy individual the individual commander decks for just under $64 a piece, depending on color. Shows here like the mono mono black set sixty four, the white blue black at sixty three, green blue black, uh, green blue reds at sixty, and so is the blue black. And then the commander decks are all about one hundred ninety dollars if you buy them individually. That's the collector deck. Yeah, these decks look fucking cool. You know, check check your uh, your local LGS. I've, uh, I'm definitely positive. I feel very positive that Josh at JW Sports Cards and Gaming already got his uh, pre-orders open at this point since the card or pre-orders must be coming up later. But Warhammer gets released officially October seventh. Uh, all the decks and the secret layers that are accompanying this, which are going to be three different uh, like Warhammer storylines, not just from the Warhammer 40k and those will be coming out two weeks later I think October 17th and that's going off of the information of hearing from the video there is there an article on this talking about the secret layers in here uh, I'm not seeing anything in the article is talking about the secret layers but yeah secret layers are coming out like two weeks afterwards so I imagine that stick tuned we will, de- we will definitely be talking about those. Danny, are you interested in trying Warhammer? The card game or actual Warhammer? A- actual Warhammer 40k. Um, I don't have money <laughs> for Warhammer. Because uh, that's a lot of time and dedication to a game that I don't have. It's very true. The people that can do warhammer and magic i feel i've there's definitely been a lot of people online that have made comments about that where it's like magic takes a lot of money to play warhammer takes a lot of money to play and now i'm now it's like they both sound cool which one do i choose and stuff so i imagine i imagine that there has to be some budget ways to get into warhammer 40k and stuff like that and if i understand correctly i think warhammer has like warhammer fantasy as well i think maybe that's one of the secret layers oh man yeah yeah i think god warhammer as a story as a game intrigues me just a lot to fucking deal with after you know trying to deal with magic (laughs) right yeah it's it's just something i don't need to take on but don't get me wrong. I'd be glad to learn. I mean, I've enjoyed like miniature games and stuff before. Uh, we've tried D&D. I, I enjoyed playing D&D. So with, so with D&D, it's not a fair comparison between D&D and Warhammer 4K. Fair. Or just Warhammer in general. Yeah, you don't need the minifigs for D&D. D&D costs, costs you however much it takes to buy the book. Which I think is like what 
20 bucks. Yeah, or you could just go online. Um, there, there's or, a lot of or or go online free yes. resources and stuff to like get the book. It's like, and you just use your imagination, and you're a person that's very story driven to be yep. your DM. Where, whereas Warhammer's and costs you hundreds of dollars and hundreds of hours to get everything ready for a single game, which is also going to take you a good amount of time. To do. I always enjoy watching some people paint minifigs and stuff because it looks so relaxing as as they're painting minifigs. But I know for myself, I I do not have the patience for minifigs. I got giant hands and dealing with like little figures the size of my thumb is not something in my arsenal of shit I can do. But there we have it. That's all the news for this week then. Should we talk about magic finance now? Sure. Okay. Dope. We're moving over to the contract currency section where we cover finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use for this is the amazing site mtgstocks.com who comes out with a weekly winner's article that goes over three to five cards that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down. The weekly winner's article drops on Friday. We record on Monday. So if there's any price differences between then and now, we will let you know. Let's jump into it. Starting off, we have Martyrs of Corliss. This is a card I did not know existed at all, but it's a card from Antiquities. It is white, white, three for a 1-6 human creature. As long as Martyrs of Corliss is untapped, all damage that would be dealt to you by artifacts is dealt to Martyrs of Corliss instead. On Friday, Martyrs jumped up 192%, up to $35. Today, Monday, you can pick them up. Market price for $16. Average price is $34.99. European average going for €9.89. This is a reserve list card, only printed in antiquities. This one's an interesting card. Just being a reserve list card is just a good enough reason for a lot of this. It is quoted in the article here. Uh, while we just discussed the card's characteristics, there is something else pretty important to know about this, and that is on the reserve list. So this is just a reserve list buyout is what they're saying here in this article. No, no, it doesn't do too much. It stops damage. It, it moves damage from artifacts to artifact damage dealt to you to it. Five mana. Yeah, it's kind of a weird card. It is. It's a very weird card. Art looks intense. Don't get me wrong. Very it, it, very old school card reserve list. I don't know, man. Picking up reserve list cards. If you can find them cheap like this, I don't know. This is just one of those things. Because right. for it being around $11 before this spike happened, it's it's an easy buyout for whatever vendor that's looking like, oh, let's artificially inflate the price of this by buying as many as we can. Prices raise. Will people buy it at this price? No, but they got them at a good deal and it's going to be viewed for the future on saying like hey look this jumped up from 11 to 35 and like let it go back down to 25 but like that price memory of a reserve list card will start growing back up and if the person who picked this up is a patient motherfucker and i feel a lot of magic financial people are patient motherfuckers so this this thing had a spike um last year in february at 25 dollars before it spiked, it was at two fifty. 
And shortly after the spike, so as of a year later, it was down to $13. And for the longest time, it was a sub-50 cent car. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a reserve list, man. It doesn't need any other reason than just being a fucking reserve list card. Man, I don't got an answer, and neither does uh, Arjun. Yeah. So the market's been pretty good about keeping consistent. Like right now, market's only sixteen dollars. Right. So it's just those few people that are marking way high. But still, so unless unless they have graded cards, there's I don't know. But still, if it being twelve dollars last week and it's now moved up to sixteen dollars, like that's a positive. Uh, a, a positive bump That's, in the price yeah. of this card and looking at that price graph it has yeah it's moved down for a hot second there but it just kept climbing back up until it had a s- sharp jump so it'll probably drop back down around 16 and be plateaued at 16 until its next jump and then just go back go up to 20 dollars at that next plateau so it's just going to plateau and plateau and fucking reserve list cards man get them get them while they're cheap even if they're like a shitty one, if you're if you're interested in magic finance, I'm not a professional at this shit. I re, I refer you to uh, Chris Martin of at Triacell Gaming on Twitter for all that information. But I do feel if you can get yourself on e, 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 some of those janky ass reserveless cards, I don't know. I don't think you're going to go wrong with that because there's going to be collectors that are like, I don't want that. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the next one. Defiler of Vigor. New card from Dominaria United. Yep. Green, green, three for a Frexian, uh, Frexian Worm. It's a 6-6 six, six with Trample. As an additional cost to cast green permanent spells, you may pay two life. Those spells cost green less to cast if you pay a life this way. The effect reduces only the amount of green mana you paid. Whenever you cast a green permanent spell, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. I do want to note here real quick with that first line of text where the additional cost of cast green permanent spells is you can pay two life. Uh, I just want to make it clear. It only happens one for one of the pips, not multiple, just for one. And this works for all the defilers, the green one, the white one, the black one. They only reduce the colored pip by one if you pay two life. You can't pay like four life. It's not like a, a workaround Frexian mana counter thing. But even though. The, the 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 fact that it's like reduces it by paying two life of a permanent spell by a, a green mana is pretty good. I've been playing the Black Defiler in Explorer and stuff and just reducing the cost of some of these big expensive spells like a Massacre Worm, like a Bolus of Citadel is surprisingly helpful. So this card jumped up 46% as of Friday and was at $8.56. Today it is at $5.58 market price. Average price of seven forty five. Foils are going for ten ninety eight. European average around seven seventy two. So it's good to know to see that it's like European average and American average is treading around the same ballpark. There, uh, this has multiple printings. It has an extended border and a pre release print. Uh, extended borders going for about twelve dollars average price. So. This was recently seen in. Is this really the reason why? Again, okay. So, yeah. Uh, due to Commander, nothing else. Yeah, due to Commander. There's uh, the new card, Baru Wormspeaker, 
which is a new card in Dominary United that is Worm Tribal. It's green, green, two, three, three, human druid. Worms you control get plus two, plus two, and have trample, and then you can pay seven in green, create a worm, and that ability costs X less to to activate where X is the greatest power among worms you control. Yep. So Worm Tribal is moving this thing, which is surprising because... Honestly, a 5-mana 6-6 trample in any kind of a format seems like a really good thing to have. That's going to be pumping all of your other permanents. Like, how Pioneer hasn't really jumped on putting in some Defiler of Vigors in their deck to reduce the cost, the, the color pip of ca- cards, and uh, pumping up all their other creatures? Because this puts a counter on each creature you control. It puts a counter on itself. Holy shit. I pulled two in my uh, draft box that I got, and I am happy with that. Next card, we have Leyline Binding, also from Dominator United. This card has been talked about by a lot of uh, uh, pro players and spikes. Uh, it is white 5 for an enchantment with flash and domain. The spell costs one list to cast for each basic land type among lands you control. When Leyline Binding enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until Leyline Binding leaves the battlefield. Friday jumped up 29%. as at $12.08. Today, market price is $9.87. Average $11.66. Foils going for $12.92. European average £8.05. This also has an extended art, which is going for almost $19 average price. Pre-release card. Uh, the pre-release card is going for like $15. So foil stamped stuff. But Leyline Binding is moving up in price due to a lot of fucking people wanting to play this in a lot of different kinds of formats. Uh, Pioneer, you got f- Pioneer 5 five color Niv-Mizzet decks. The uh, Niv-to-Light style things are loving this because it has a five color mana base with all the Triomes and the Shocklands and stuff, so it reduces it. It, it, it can be a one mana uh, instant speed because it has Flash, Exile, anything <laughs> anything if you just have five basic land types out which is surprisingly not that hard in a lot of formats even in modern you got omnath decks omnath players are talking about this card as a potential swap in between uh, uh prismatic ending and stuff like yep. it's like you just drop uh, a triome and a shock and it's a one mana instant speed or even if you have a triome and a shock where one color is matching two mana instant speed exile anything is pretty fucking ridiculous um there's a uh, a bunch of different decks going in the pioneer there's a deck list in mtg stocks that they're showing and it is the five color niv to light deck and it has everything that you'd imagine a bunch of one ofs that are guild respect or guild appropriate for you know niv mizzet and stuff and a bunch of enchantments as well Running four Leyline Bindings and four Fires of Inventions. The list looks very spicy. But not like, like I was saying, you got like professional players and spike players. Uh, the guys over at the Dive Down podcast, they were talking about this card on their Dominaria set review for a, a, not more than a hot minute. And how its value of being just an instant speed exile any non-land permanent should not be under, not be looked at like downplayed and stuff so when we first saw the card it was around let's see when it first got shown off it was around four or five bucks 
And then it slowly started creeping up. And when it got released, it was around seven to ten dollars, depending on the kind. So, I don't know. This is a good card. Any kind of cheap XL for cheap is good. Yeah, especially when it's enchantment. It's not even the insert sorcery; it's just an enchantment. Right, and uh, just sitting on the battlefield, it counts towards it can count towards devotion. It can count towards any kind of like permanent matters kind of on the battlefield as well. I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. But you know what else I like? Picking up cards on the cheap. Danny, you want to give us some cheap pickups? Sure. So first up, we go to Castle Garenbridge. It's $5 and it's moving up. So pick it up now. Um, so Castle Cambridge is a land that comes in backfield tapped unless you control a forest. Has ability of tap add a green or tap two and green green tap add six green. Spend this mana only to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. This card so sees a lot a, of home in the, the Primeval Titan decks in modern. Yep. Yep. So market right now is at four sixty one. So average is about five bucks. Foil six. So, we throw in Eldrain. Uh, next up, we go to Tavess, um, Scat, Doom of Fools. It's the Black 4 Planeswalker. He's sitting at 667 market price. And he's stabling out right now. Lastly, we have Liliana of the Last Hope, sitting at $10.91 and slowly trending down. So if you want to sell it, sell it now before she really tanks. But yeah. I don't know. I think this is one that you should be keeping an eye on and get ready to pick up when it keeps moving down. Because Liliana the Last Hope sees playing some some like mid-range decks and stuff in Modern and, and Pioneer as well. I think, I think a lot of the hype is Liliana the Veil is seeing more... Uh, more hype because it just got printed, reprinted into Pioneer. So, I don't know. I think Lily's, Lily of the Last Hope is still a really good card. And, you know, you could pick it up. You could keep keep a good eye on it on the cheap by using a site by our friends over at... Danny? What? what, what what's the site that people can use? I don't know. What is it? Ah, God damn it. I'm trying to toss you the damn ball here, Danny. I know you were. And you just fucking chucked it back at me. Yep. Go, go check fast enough to throw it back. <laughs> go check out our amazing friends over at tcgsniper.com who does a thing just like I was mentioning where you can keep a track on this card as it continues to move down in price. So if you think, oh, Liliana, the last hope is going to keep moving down. Maybe I want to pick some up at $6 instead. You enter this in into TCG Sniper. You'll get a notification via text, Discord, email, and you click the link that they send you. You get brought to who's ever selling it on TCG Player. Click it, you buy it, you become a happy magic player because you save money. But it also works in the inverse. Like Danny was saying, if you think if this card is going to be moving up, moving up, you can pick them up at $10 now and then set a notification to get notified when they're at like $17. So if you picked up like five or whatever, and then you can flip them around for, I mean, not a double profit, like a, a and stuff like that, but. TCG Sniper, really good with that. If you go over there, sign up, you get a free account, uh, and you can have five products that you can enter. I say products because you can also put in sealed product there. But if you sign up and are ever so 
uh, uh, generous enough to say that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their plus program, which will get you 50 cards that you can enter in, which is also very cool. So yeah, TCG Sniper. Go check them out. Well, Danny? Yes. What's up? You got a thought cast you want to talk about? I do not. Okay. I don't either. I think this is going to be a, a shorter episode this week. And especially, you know, with, uh, I just, I just got a text from my wife asking if everything, if, if I could assist with something. So I think now is a good time. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hopefully everything's good. I know Casper has thrown up a few times because of this, so it's not that bad. <laughs> but with that magic folk, thank you. Thank you for making it to the end of episode 154. Are you sure about that number, Matt? Yes, I just scrolled up to the top. 154 of This Week in MTG. Thank you to our amazing Patreons who support this content. If you want to be a Patreon as well, links down in the doobly-doo there. You just follow them, join, be a Patreon. There's two tiers currently, and you get to see the unedited version of this whole train wreck of an episode. Thank you also to JW Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. If you need anything magic-related, go check them out online at jwsportscardsandgaming.com. Now, Danny, if you don't have, or do you have anything else you want to add here? Nope. Looks like you're ready to get some licks from Murphy there. The doggo. Oh. And with that, Magic Folk, we will catch you next time. Next up. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much!